Oh, I did think of a way that you can stop saying guys when we do our intro. No. You just start it like this. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Cool guys and kittens. I guess that's how we're going to introduce the show from now on. If any of you remember Tiger King. Uh, what a moment that was. That was a moment. Man. You know what? I never watched the follow-up episode. I probably should. I didn't watch it either because it was just like a Joel McHale thing. It was just the one guy like complaining that he wasn't as bad as he seemed. I don't remember any of their names now except for Joe and Carol, but the the one who tried to buy Joe's zoo... The douchey dude? Yeah, the douchey dude. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, apparently the other episode was like mostly him just being like, oh, this just made me look bad. I'm not really a bad person, blah, blah, blah. And um, we're all false. like, uh, we saw all the shit that you did. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty shady, too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is not the Tiger King podcast. This is <laughs> a bitch and a witch. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, welcome back, guys. I'm Sam. I'm Chad. And we are a bitch and a witch. <laughs> if you're new, haven't listened to our previous episodes, we're basically just uh, two friends who talk about what we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to explore different issues and topics and hopefully get a conversation started. Maybe get you thinking. Try to do a little research, bring up some interesting sources and... Also, we're just uh, sarcastic, witchy-inclined people, so try I'm to make it... I'm not sarcastic. Oh, okay. I Sam is in denial over there. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, we try to have a good time, but also bring up some interesting topics you may or may not have heard before, or potentially just in a new perspective. Yeah. So, we start out our episodes with a bitch rant, which isn't necessarily a rant, it is sometimes... I think today is going to probably be pretty ranty. (laughs) I'm not going to rant. Okay. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, It could also just be a smaller topic that we don't want to spend the full episode on or something along those lines. A funny, funny article. That type of thing. Yeah, last week we were talking about dinosaur buttholes, so you really just never know. You just, you just don't. Just whatever crosses our attention that, that week. So I did because I was considering doing like a follow up to that one guy who had his heart buried in the town, um, whatever well or fountain or whatever uh-huh i didn't find enough details to make it worth it but that's still just a really interesting story to me that is really interesting <laughs> yeah weird yeah it was this mayor if you don't remember from the last time it was a mayor of the city and they ended up burying his he was like the first mayor and they ended up burying his heart in the fountain it so I did find like a little bit of clarification. So it where wasn't, was that at? It was in Belgium, right? It was in Belgium, yeah. It wasn't like a hundred percent random. It was like um, <clears throat> behind. So they they built the fountain to like dedicate to him. So it made a little bit more sense. They built like a statue or a bust of his, like of his face. It's still weird that they buried his heart underneath it. And then they decided to bury the heart underneath that. Yes, it is weird, but it made a little bit more sense in that context. Yeah. But funny, just a weird story. Anyways, that's not our topic. I just was saying I was considering doing a follow-up on it, but there wasn't enough that I could really find out. Mm-hmm. But it was just weird because they didn't. Nobody knew that it was actually there. They just... It, it was happened so long ago that they kind of thought it was an urban legend. 
and then they were renovating the fountain and they found it was actually there. <laughs> so anyways, today we're going to talk a little bit about masks because can we just wear the masks, please? We should uh, be doing it by now. Listen, here in the U.S., we are seeing a huge spike in COVID cases. And unlike other parts of the world, we refuse to do a shutdown. Mostly because our government doesn't want to pay us. Yeah. So We've received $1,200 one per, time. per person once. Yeah. And this is what, the eighth month? Seven or... Yeah, 8th, right? Because it started in March. It started in March, yeah. Yeah. So, $1,200 is not going to get you very far. <laughs> I don't know who... Yeah, this is, that's a separate issue. But, yeah, we kind of refuse to take it seriously. People don't wear masks, even though there's still mandates most places you go. There was a... Did you see this? I saw an article yesterday where I think it was like a brewery in Greenwood had to shut down... Ooh. Because somebody got mad, like, irate with them because they were telling them to wear a mask because oh there's a mask God. mandate. Right. And apparently they were even calling and leaving them threatening voicemails. That's fucking ridiculous. So they decided to close for the safety of their employees. Listen, guys, do not yell at a store employee. They mm. are following government mandates. Yeah. It's not their decision. I don't care if you agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. Just don't go there. Don't go anywhere in public because it's a mandate. <laughs> That's kind of my other point. You know, we are heading into winter. It is flu season is about to kick up. Oh, yeah. And as we said, there's a huge spike in COVID cases. That is only going to get worse because this is the sick season. Yeah. So if you don't have to go somewhere, just don't fucking go. Yeah, I'm trying to scale back pretty significantly just because our numbers keep going up and it's just really scary at this point. I don't leave my house. Yeah, but it's I was looking at some basic numbers in Indiana because that's where we're based out of. Sorry, the rest of the world. Sorry, the rest of the world. We suck. Uh, we are hitting over 5,000 new cases reported per day. That's, that's Today we crazy. had almost 8,500. Well, from yesterday. From yesterday. From yesterday. Jeez. This might not reach yesterday then. Well, it says it's the 13th. Anyways, yeah, that's a, just that's just a stupid amount of new cases. Yeah. Like, I would expect some. So here's basically what happens every, like, holiday or big event. So obviously, elections happened. People voted. I'm glad and that people voted. And then before that, we had Halloween. Yeah, before that, we had Halloween. Before that, it's like Labor Day. All these holidays. And then, like, a couple weeks later, we see a big increase. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily surprised, but it's like, there's ways around this. We are pretty much... I'm not going to say we're the only major country struggling with it at this point, because there are some other ones. But most of them are not struggling to the extent that we are. No, I think uh, most... I don't know about most... But I know that there's a lot of places in Europe that are going back into lockdown. Like, Italy's back in lockdown. I think most of the UK is. Yeah. I think Ireland as well, maybe. Mm. That's part, yeah. Those are the only ones I'm in, aware of. Yeah. But even even in some countries that didn't go into, like, a full lockdown, they didn't... They're not having the problems that we're having. We just keep going we're now getting more new cases than way back in march before anybody really understood what was going on yeah like that's a serious issue it should i think be... the state of texas just hit like over a million 
Yeah. Because everything's bigger in Texas. It's tricky because it's like, yeah, it sucks staying home all the time, not doing the holidays that you're used to, not going to sporting events, not going to concerts. Like, yeah, we we get it. It sucks. But there's no vaccine yet. They're working First of all, it. we're about to go into winter yeah. in the Midwest. My ass doesn't fucking leave the house anyway. Yeah, it's I, too cold. I don't, yeah, I don't want to go outside anyways. I hate the cold weather. So it's just like we need to get this under control because... If not, then life will never return to normal. Yeah. And, like, I get it. It's hard to just not leave your house. That's what I just said, Sam. (laughs) But I'm agreeing with you, Chad. (laughs) Jesus. Like. (sighs) There's things you can do to minimize your risk. And that's another thing. Like, you need to think about it not just as your risk, but you're also exposing every single person that you come into contact with. Mm -hmm. So going to grocery stores going to restaurants going through drive throughs and things like that it's just like be more careful wash your hands more often wear masks obviously I don't understand the confusion about that at this point masks help it's scientifically proven uh, it depends on which news outlet you're watching fuck that masks help <laughs> I know but I'm just saying we have part of our problem is we have a huge part of our population that just doesn't believe that COVID is real or that it's a it's danger and it sucks. Thanks a lot, Fox News. They more than likely know people who have gotten it, but there are some people who get it and don't become seriously affected by it. I, I feel know like, at least three or four people who have had it. Luckily, none of them yeah, died. Right. But my mom had COVID in like April, May. Yeah. And she still cannot fully taste or smell anything. Oof. And most of the stuff that she can taste or smell smells weird or still tastes off. Oh, geez. And... That's a deal breaker for me. Like, that automatically is enough, even without all the, like, serious complications. <laughs> like I know. I went to the grocery store with her, uh, like, after she had recovered. I think this was over the summer, maybe, like, June or July. And I was like, what about this? Like, picking out food yeah and she's like oh i can't taste that and i was like i can't go to the grocery store with you anymore you're making me sad (laughs) yeah because like we're food people we love food absolutely yeah i'm a huge foodie i love trying out all sorts of like new things Mm -hmm. and just even just my tried and true classics like i love to eat and same way with smell like i'm i'm pretty like smell oriented and i almost always have candles going while we're recording and things like that so it's like yeah, well, if you are, can't smell, you're not going to be able to taste. It, yeah, they're tied together. But it's like, those are two important things for me. I can't really imagine. It's like people always ask you, like, what one sense would you want to lose? Like, if you had no choice, you had to lose one of your senses. Mm-hmm. I hate that question because I don't want to lose any of them. <laughs> but it's like... That is a hard question. Smell and taste, those are both really important to me. I think I would go with... Ooh. I think I would go with sight. Really? Huh. Yeah. That just seems terrifying. It does seem terrifying, but also I can't imagine not being able to hear. Right. Just, uh, I've discussed this before. I am a big musical person. Right. Like to never be able to listen to music again. Yeah, that would be a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah, there's like no good answer there. But also like I wouldn't be able to see anymore. Right. And I love like art and beautiful nature and stuff like that maybe like maybe like touch is the way to go 
even though that's not like a great option, obviously, but none of them are good options. I mean, is that a thing? I would definitely go with touch. Isn't then. it? Sight, smell, hearing. Well, I know it's taste. a sense, but like, how do you lose your sense of touch? I guess you would it's have to like have like have, nerve damage. Yeah, it's just like if you have nerve damage or something, you can't, those, those people can't feel anything. It'd be similar to that. I mean, I'm already empty inside. I might as well not be able to touch things. <laughs> you can touch things. You just won't. I just won't have feel feelings at all. Right. Physical feeling. <laughs> Physical still, feeling, emotional feeling. You still have emotions. I just won't have any. Okay. So yeah, as far as Indiana, we're hitting over 5,000 new cases per day. Yeah. I think that's about our average really depressing overall in the united states we've looks like we've got 10.8 million reported cases jesus we've got 244 reported 244,000 reported deaths so it's like at what point do you start taking this seriously like what is it that's going to make you start taking it seriously if a million people are dead orange hitler saying that it's serious yeah like what what's the hold up here like it it's not going away in fact it's getting worse <laughs> We are working on vaccines, but who knows how long that's going to take. And this is something we've talked about privately, but it's like, even when a vaccine's released, there's definitely going to be a little bit of fear from the public. Like, people aren't necessarily going to trust that it's safe, even though it has to be safe by the time it's released. That's part of the testing and everything like that. Well, yeah, it's part of the testing, but there's still sometimes... I could sometimes see, there's still recalls because something goes wrong. There, yeah, sometimes that does happen. And it's just like, you know... And then you've also got these people out here who are like... The COVID vaccine is a way for the government oh, to microchip you. God, Do yeah. you own a cell phone, motherfucker? The government knows where you are. They know where you are. They know what you're doing. They, they know. know what you spend your money on. Yeah, they know, they know what kind of porn you like to watch. Yeah, the chip is not needed at this point. We already have one. And we pay for the... <laughs> you pay to be microchipped by the government. for the pleasure of it. So, yeah, that's not a thing either. But it's like, there's always going to be that I, I think with this pandemic there's going to be kind of the pressure to rush it out the vaccine because we are like so fucking fed up with it and we can't get it under control ourselves obviously well i think there's pressure to push it out because right the, our government doesn't want to do anything about it they're like let's just let's just uh not vaccinate it yeah. so that we don't have to do a shutdown right so we'll see and that's Luckily, one of the major like front runners for the vaccines is not accepting government money for anything aside from distribution. So that's they're trying to keep politics out of it, which is good. But they're not even a U.S. based company, are they? Isn't mm -hmm. it Pfizer? It's uh yeah, they're German. It's a combination. It was ger I think it was German and potentially U.S. as well. It was like a two different countries working together on it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's not american necessarily it's it's a combination and they're um they're definitely like restricting the amount of money they're taking from the government and for what reasons and things like that yeah and even so they're saying possibly at the earliest the vaccine will be out is maybe early spring right. and even then the batches of vaccine they're gonna have are going to go it's probably gonna go to doctors and nurses it's gonna go to frontline workers yeah. and then it's also gonna go to high-risk patients right so the general public maybe might be able to get to it late spring, early summer. The one for that one specifically, one of the challenges is that it has to be stored at like negative 80, something crazy. It's like negative 80 Fahrenheit or something That ridiculous. sounds like fun going into your body. 
That's what it has to be stored at. I think it's warmer by the time they inject it. But I would hope so. I mean, I, it would have to be. <laughs> I, listen, I've had cold fluid go into my body. It is not uh, a fun time. So that, I think that's one of the big challenges they're trying to figure out with, with this one. But there's other companies also researching vaccines, so who knows. But mm, I know Lily is. I think they're close as well. Or yeah. maybe that's not a vaccine. Maybe that's a treatment. I don't know. There's there's another company that's doing a pretty similar one to Pfizer or whatever that other one is. There's, I mean, I'm sure there's pharmaceutical companies all over the world working on vaccines and cures and right. all that. Jay is. That's like that's that stuff is still months and months away. We can't mm-hmm. just keep doing what we're doing until we get a vaccine. It's just not going to help. It's just not going to work. We have to get it under control. And to do that by wearing a mask, limiting how much you're going out, pay more attention when you start feeling sick, you need to get tested. That's a lot of people just ignore it and then hope it's going to go away and then they infect a bunch of other people. Did you know that the number of cases wouldn't be so high if people would quit getting tested? (laughs) (laughs) That's some bullshit. (laughs) So stupid. (sighs) It's like all these like mental health things that we talk about. It's underreported. It's like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many tests we're doing, it's underreported. There's more cases out there than what's being reported. Oh, I'm sure. Because people aren't either aren't getting tested or like the results aren't going to the right place. Like it it happens. So mm-hmm. the amount of cases we're looking at like over five thousand confirmed cases, it's probably a lot higher than that. Yeah. So And like <sighs> I know it's hard not to see your friends and family, not to go out to... Trust me, I know it's hard not to go out to eat because your girl hates to cook (laughs) almost as much as she hates to clean. (laughs) And then also with the holidays coming up, my family has already decided that we're not doing Thanksgiving and we will most likely not be doing Christmas. Right. We're all just doing our own thing at our own houses we're scaling back quite a bit at the moment, at least it, it could change. Definitely. We have to kind of see what happens, but it's just like, yeah, this is not a normal year. Unfortunately, we can't just do what we're used to, but it's a pandemic. We have not been faced with this situation for like a hundred years. As of <laughs> so, right now, the only place I go since I am currently not working is I come to Chad's house and I go to the grocery store. Right. And that's it. Or yeah. I go to the pharmacy, but when I go to the pharmacy, I don't even get out of the car. Yeah. Because they got a drive through window. Right. So going back, that's why I was, I meant to say that earlier, like, you got to, you really need to consider the people that you're coming into contact with who really mm-hmm. don't have a choice. So anybody in the service industry, you were coming into contact with them, they don't have any choice. They're not earning a lot of money in the first place. Yeah. So try to wear a mask if you're going through a drive through it, it makes a difference. I don't think people really take that into consideration, but it's helping them feel safe as well. We went and got food the other day, and the person working the drive-thru window wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, I don't understand that. I was like, excuse me, ma'am. That's uh, not correct. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I know you've got this little shield barrier, but... Stuff still happens. Can you put on a fucking mask? Yeah, I don't necessarily want you breathing on my food. (laughs) Yeah, please stop it. If you're a visual person, you can look up. They've done plenty of germ and bacteria research at this point. You Mm -hmm. can find comparisons of like a Petri dish or whatever where they have like talked towards it, sneezed, coughed. And I think the one I was looking at, they also like saying, and it compares 
with a mask versus without a mask. Yeah. And it shows the bacteria growth basically for each situation. So it's like there's visual aids out there if you need to look at something to understand what the problem is. But spit droplets, you know, coughing and sneezing, coughing and sneezing were like the worst ones basically, obviously. Yeah. Uh, So it's like you spread the stuff so far without even realizing it. On that note, covering your mouth when you sneeze and cough, you fucking heathens. Jesus. Yeah, you should be doing that. That's like an elementary school thing that you should be learning and for some reason people don't. Listen, when I was working at the flower shop, the owner was sick and he was standing 10 feet away from me, (laughs) coughing his lungs out, not covering his mouth. I was like, listen, sir, you are in your 70s. You should know better. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's unprecedented, but it's like we have the information that we need. It's it's November now. We know what we need to be doing to get it under control, and people just aren't doing it. And that's what I don't understand. It's not fake. There are lots and lots of people dying. Would I say 244,000? Yeah. Like, that's a huge amount of people. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I brought up this comparison on a different episode, but it was like over 2,000 people died on 9-11, and that changed literally everything about our country. It changed laws. It changed safety guidelines for airports. It made everybody racist against Muslims. Yeah. And it's like, that's 2,000 people. We're looking at 240,000 people. That's way more people. Why are you not taking this seriously? Oh, well, don't you know that the flu kills more people every year? No, it doesn't. (laughs) They thought it might when things were still kind of being researched. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's out of control, and I just don't understand why people don't see that. Like, it's we've got the information now. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Our country is insane. I don't have, like, names written down or anything, but I see tons of, like, man mocks coronavirus on social media, catches it, and dies two weeks later. Like, I've seen lots of stories like that. You, There was, like, a big story a few months back, a Starbucks... They were able to trace back a bunch, like basically every customer got it, but the staff didn't because the staff was all wearing masks. So it's like there's all these stories now of like people denying it, people pretending everything is fine, and then they get sick and die, or they get really sick. What's his name? Chris Christie? Oh, yeah. He was on Trump's deny the coronavirus chain Guess train. What? He's dead. Did he die? I think so. I know that he got the coronavirus yeah. and he did like a whole 180. He was like, listen, <laughs> listen, Linda, listen. This shit's real. <laughs> this is real and it's serious. I don't think he died. There were people in. I think he got really sick, though. No, he's still alive. He's still alive. There were other, I don't remember who exactly it was, but there are people in the administration who got it and died or just like in the government in general. Well, it seems like every other day somebody in the White House is getting diagnosed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Saturday night. And they're still not wearing fucking masks. Well, it doesn't help when the president gets it and then comes back and does a speech without a mask on and infects everybody else there. Yeah, I I watched a press conference the other day just because I was curious. (laughs) I don't normally watch presidential press conferences because I... I can't stand him. I'm not going to apologize for it. Sorry. But I don't watch our governor's press conferences either. No. 
But I do watch the mayor of Indianapolis press conferences because I like him. Anyway, (laughs) got off topic. And he walks up to the podium and he's not wearing a mask. And then some general dude who's part of the coronavirus task force walks up to the... The only person who was wearing a mask was the fucking doctor. (laughs) I'm like, what? What's wrong with you people? (laughs) I didn't see... Pence was supposed to give a speech. I had turned it off by then because I was not enjoying listening to the general speak because it was very, it, it, yeah. I mean, it was military jargon. Right. And I was like, I don't, I don't need this in my yeah, life right now. Listen to that. Talking about the mission. Oh God. And I'm like, I, I mean, it is a mission, but like. But you're not wearing a mask, so you're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> if I wanted to be spoken to like that, I would have joined the military. <laughs> I'm not going to go through military training. It's uh, kind of fucked up. I thought about it for a hot minute. I, yeah, seriously thought about joining the military. And then I was like, mm. uh, it's not going to end well. Yeah. Some people are made for the military and some people are not. And I am not. <laughs> yeah. I got an attitude problem. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it's also the way that they train people and treat people. It's just not, it's just not right. Why is it like that? I mean, it also kind of depends on which branch you go into. Some of them are more hardcore than others. Yeah, that's true. I was not going to join those branches. Right. Bitch rant over. Yeah, that's all I have to say <laughs> for now. Just uh... just be safe. Social distance. Wear a mask. Try not to make any unnecessary trips. Yeah. I'm probably not even going to be going to the grocery store anymore. Yeah, I'm going to do... Click list if at all possible, which it's usually pretty easy to do it. So yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna do is just start making click lists and having Dustin pick it up on his way home. I guess on to our main topic. We are looking into imposter syndrome this week. Yes, yes, we are. I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome and don't even realize it. I, yeah, I think so too. I mean, that was something that was brought up in our research, in my Mm. research. I can't speak for you. We do our own separate (laughs) research, and then we just sort of... Mesh it together. Yeah. That was something that was brought up, is that... I don't even remember what I was saying. Underreported, as with any mental illness. Yeah. Which, actually... Well, they don't even really classify it as an illness or a disease. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I thought that was pretty interesting. The... Mm -hmm. Uh, imposter syndrome is not an official diagnosis listed in the DSM, but it was that that term or that phrase or kind of the idea of it was uh, established in 1970 or in the 1970s by a doctor or psychologist named Suzanne Imes or Imes. Sure. I don't know how to pronounce that. Sorry, but <laughs> oh, also as well as well as Pauline Rose Clance, who was a PhD. So. They pretty much worked together and kind of laid out the basis of what it is and who it affects and things like that mm-hmm. in the 70s. So what's uh, like a general, what's the definition, Sam? The general definition that I got, which I got from psychology today, is a pattern of behavior where people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Chad, are you an imposter? I think I'm getting better as time goes on, but I think especially in my early, like, much earlier 20s, I was right there with it. I was, I don't know, I mean, I think I mentioned before on the podcast, but it's like, it's, 
I've always been really creative, but I've like struggled to get stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it. Like I'm just afraid of the criticism basically or just feeling like I'm not good enough. So mm-hmm. part of imposter syndrome is that you can't accept compliments. You don't recognize your own self-worth or like that you are actually doing a good job, that you've got it together. Uh, so I think I'm like getting a little bit better with it, but... I'm definitely not. I know. <laughs> we talked about it last week, I think. I have... Yeah, I think I cut that out of the episode. Oh. <laughs> I have really bad imposter syndrome. So it's like, yeah, I mean... I just thought it was really bad, like really low self-esteem until I started yeah. hearing about imposter syndrome and learning about it. And there's more that goes into it, but yeah. that's that's a big part of it. You don't have enough self-esteem. You don't understand that you are actually good at things. Yeah. One of the things that I came across, I watched this little like TED Ed. It's mm-hmm. not like quite a TED talk. It's right. like a shorter kind of thing. And one of the things that they said in there was that people who suffer from imposter syndrome are often afraid to ask how they are doing because they think that their fears are going to be, like, realized. Realized, yeah. Like, they're going to be... They're going to get negative feedback if they ask. Right, exactly. And I'm like, oh, well, that sounds familiar. (laughs) Because I, in everything I do, it doesn't matter how... I mean, I've had jobs where I've... I've been there for six, seven, eight years. Right. And I still just assume that I'm fucking everything up. <laughs> yeah, that's not normal. Well, I'm not normal. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but I am a majestic unicorn. Yeah. But that should be a good thing. Yeah, well. So it's like if you, yeah, like. I'm a dark unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it. It's because it's so hard in, like, today's working society to, like, get into a job. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people go straight into entry-level jobs and then kind of just hang out there. I think part of imposter syndrome, as far as, like, how it relates to our generation or most of the people in our society, is, like, we are really afraid to just go for the next level, even though we are qualified, we're good enough at what we're doing to do to get the promotion, basically. Well, I also think that... You can tie imposter syndrome into, like, parasocial relationships as well, or just social media in general, because, you know, what the parts of people's lives that you're seeing on social media Mm -hmm. are very curated. Right. Particular parts of people's lives where it looks like they have their shit together and they lead this, like, great life. But it's just a small moment captured on film. Right. It's just very small fractures of their life. And some people could be afraid that it gets discovered that their life isn't like that. Mm -hmm. That they are a fraud. Right. Because they suffer with mental illness or maybe they're, you know, financially not where people think they are. Right. No, for sure. You could tie that into real life as well. Right. Like, if you seem like, you know, if people perceive you as somebody who's very well put together, mm-hmm. you seem to be financially stable, your life seems to be in order, you kind of feel the need to keep up that persona. Yeah. This is actually a pretty big part of church culture or Christian culture, which, you know, I know you're not quite as familiar as it, you know, no. with compared to me, but... Godless heathen. <laughs> 
That's a big part of it. You go to church and you want to look good. You want to seem like you have it all together mm-hmm. and that you're super righteous and super holy and all this shit. And it's like, it just makes everything worse because you can't admit when you're actually struggling or you're made to feel worse about it when you are struggling. But it's like, that's the human experience where you don't always, everything is not sunshine and rainbows. Like there's bad days and there's good days. and Yeah good and bad moments and and each day it's like you can't pretend that everything is fine all the time that's super unhealthy yeah (laughs) and that's just another thing that ties into like the stigmas with mental illness it's just like we really need to move beyond that because it's just damaging people so badly when you can't even ask for help because our society is not structured in that way (laughs) yeah and some other stuff i was reading is basically just that it like the it ties into like the ridiculous American work ethic slash work culture as well. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many standards and expectations. If you do really well on one project, instead of getting praise, most places are going to be like, okay, well, you could have done this part of it better. Or they're going to be like, okay, you need to do this next project and you need to have it done as soon as possible. Oh, I've definitely had that issue before. Yeah. I, uh, when I worked at Amazon. Oh, Amazon is all about metrics and faster and do it, do it yeah. fast, do it. We don't care about anything else. So our a supervisor would come through and talk to us about our daily or, or weekly rates or something. I don't know. Yeah. And he came up to me one day and I had days where I was like, I'm doing the bare minimum. Like I am <laughs> meeting my rate exactly as it needs to be. Yeah. And then I would also have days where I would bust my ass and get, like, really good numbers. Right. And he came up to me one day and he was like, so your rate was really good. It was a little bit higher than it needed to be. But I know you can do better. Oh, and I was like, God. motherfucker, I know I can do better, too, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an issue. It's like people we don't know how to manage in this country. So we are more concerned with squeezing people dry. Not even just that we don't know how to manage, it's that they put the needs of the business over the needs of their employees. Right. Most companies. Most companies. You're not treated like an important member of the team, you're treated like a cog in the wheel. Yeah. And they squeeze you dry and spit you out and move on to the next person. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a pretty big issue when we're... Shit. Sorry, I'm dropping stuff. Sam lost a part of her microphone in my couch. Yes. I had to, we both had to dig it out. (laughs) Teamwork was needed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think we're going to do an episode all all about just American work culture because it's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. We definitely are. It ties so strongly into imposter syndrome because it, that, that's not necessarily what causes imposter syndrome, but it, that's really what triggers it in people. It's like, if you can't just do your thing at work and get praised for being a good employee and and treated like an actual person. Of course, you're never going to feel like you're good enough. It just ties together. And there's so many places where you don't hear about your performance. And the only time you do hear feedback is when there's like bad. bad Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not. It's a terrible way to lead. Yeah. You need to hear good things sometimes oh absolutely yeah positive reinforcement is definitely a thing and it it's a lot more effective than negative reinforcement absolutely 
It's like if you only hear negative things about yourself or about the work that you're doing, then you're going to assume that nothing that you do is good enough. Right. And I know that I will be the first person to tell you that we don't need to coddle people, but that's not really coddling. No. It's like people need to know that they're doing a good job. Right. That should be the standard. Yeah. Because it's going to make them more efficient. And it's kind of just the right thing to do anyways. If you're a manager, why are you not rewarding people when they do a good job? That's just pretty basic. That should be pretty basic. That's something that happens, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you get people with imposter syndrome and it's like they can't ever break out of that cycle because so few places actually recognize them. You got to, you know, if you're you're not going to stop the cycle on your own because that's just it's just not going to happen. Yeah. The stuff I was reading was basically that most people who have it it's pretty much it's really similar to like other social anxieties and things like that like it's triggered by abuse or if you like if your caretaker or your parent was like alcoholic or anything like that um any sort of like negative situation like that kind of feeds into it so you know, those, that trauma or the the issues with that upbringing kind of leads it into either you try to like, a lot of people actually like go extreme in the other direction where they try really, really hard all the time and yet they still don't think they're good enough mm-hmm. um, because they're trying to like make up like, oh, my, my dad never appreciated me, never respected me, never thought I was good enough. So I'm going to prove them wrong. But then they, they just can't like they can't recognize that they are good enough (laughs) yeah, or that the work that they're doing is like exceptional. It's kind of like you can't enjoy your own success. Yeah. And you just think always at any point that you just, you don't really know what you're doing. You don't know how you got that position or that job. Me at at every job I've ever had. (laughs) At any moment, somebody is going to turn around and realize that you're underqualified or you're doing everything wrong, which is usually not even the case. Most of these people are, are doing great at their jobs. Yeah. So. A lot of the times people with imposter syndrome, even when they do get positive reinforcement or maybe like their coworkers tell them that they're doing a good job, they feel like they're being perceived as more intelligent and more capable than they are. Hmm. But they still don't necessarily feel that way. They don't believe it's true. Yeah. And then there's also that fear that eventually these people who think that they're doing a great job or think that they're super intelligent are eventually going to find out and they're going to be exposed as a fraud. Right. Even though they are that intelligent or right. that capable right. or that talented. I watched a couple, it's kind of similar to what you were watching, like not full TED Talks, but they were like TEDx or, you know, kind of the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was a couple, Lisa and Richard Orb. Yeah, theirs was pretty interesting because Lisa is the one who suffers from it. Her husband's very supportive and basically just recognized the pattern in her. And she was getting like pretty badly mistreated at her workplace. And she ended up, he, he just kept encouraging her, like, you're better. You're better than this. You're not an imposter. You know what you're doing. You deserve a raise. So eventually he talked her into asking for one. She tried to get a raise. Her boss was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you deserve it. And then started, like, treating her better for, like, a week or two. 
The raise never came through. Kind of just got pushed back under the rug. And she almost fell back into that same cycle of like, yeah, I don't really deserve this. I don't know why I even asked him, blah, blah, blah. And -hmm. her husband was like, nah, dude, you need to quit. (laughs) Yeah. So she ended up quitting and they worked together to like start their own business. And, you know, now she's like really successful, has recognized the bad patterns that led her to that point and has been able to really like break away from it. But that's, I think that's kind of a lot of it. You just have to constantly have that. Uh, positive reinforcement like somebody in your corner you know if if you can't do it on your own then you need somebody there until you kind of get to a better place or just like understand where you truly are at mentally compared to your peers and things like that it's like I think we've kind of talked about this briefly too but it's really not that hard to be like a good employee like this the level of intelligence you need the level of effort you need to put into the job it's really not that bad Mm -hmm. most people do a lot for their employers and never really get recognized for it so it's like yeah i've been there yeah (laughs) we've all been there but it's like to it just sucks because to be mistreated by your company but then also to not be able to recognize your own talents it's just a double whammy (laughs) yeah it's really shitty i feel bad for anybody in that situation i've definitely been on both ends of the spectrum too because I do have like more recently I've got a really awesome manager even though I have my own issues with the company as a whole Mm -hmm. like my direct manager is awesome she's really supportive uh does a lot of good stuff for everybody on her team not just me but she's you know she goes out of her way to like recognize us when we are obviously putting in a lot of effort so so, you know it makes a big difference and the job I had uh directly before this one was in sales and that was terrible that was probably one of the worst moments of imposter syndrome for me because even though I was like that was my first sales job I was doing not too bad honestly all things considered I was making like a certain amount of sales per month just the whole corporate structure basically was really toxic so it just constant negative feedback you need to be doing more I would get like called into the office like basically after every phone call like hey why didn't you close this sale (laughs) like it's just really, really toxic. Yeah. So I've been there and it made me feel like a terrible employee. Like I wasn't good at all, even though that's I've not I've never really had a sales job like that, but yeah. I can only fucking imagine. It's pretty terrible. I'm going to be honest. You have to have like a really specific mindset to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you have to be able to be told no, like it happens constantly, but you also have to be pushy to an extent and that's where I stopped I would not ever push somebody because I didn't feel right about it in my own worlds yeah so I'm gonna offer you what I have to offer you I do think generally speaking it's a good deal here's why here's why it's better than what you have currently like things like that oh look it is also saving you money sometimes so it's like yeah you can do that all day long but people will still tell you no (laughs) yeah all of my sales experience has been just retail sales right not really like low stakes and that type of thing but yeah it's like if you're not willing to go the extra step and really push somebody when they tell you no Mm -hmm. then you're never really going to be a super successful salesperson yeah and that's ultimately it was just that non never-ending cycle i could not get to that level i was constantly pulled into meetings because of it Mm -hmm. i felt like shit i was extremely stressed out all the time Mm -hmm. and it just was terrible (laughs) so i had to get out of that i was not in sales for very long um and not every company necessarily is like that but i think a lot of them are Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a very like numbers driven job, obviously. Oh God, yes. If you're not selling constantly, then you're not doing it right. So it's like, I mean, even in retail, like I worked at Toys R Us for quite a long time. Well, the Toys R Us umbrella. I worked at a Toys R Us store, and then I also worked at a couple Babies R Us stores. Yeah, you know they have things like extended warranties and rewards programs and credit cards and you had certain metrics that they wanted you to make and they would get on you about it and i'm like listen all i can do is offer these people these products if they turn it down i'm not going to bend over backwards to make them do it (laughs) right like all i can do is say hey this product qualifies for this extended warranty this is what it covers Uh And if they say no, they say no. Right. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. (laughs) If they don't want a rewards card, I'm not going to talk them into the rewards card. Right. If they don't want a credit card, don't fucking blame them. (laughs) Yeah. Which is even, even worse to, like, put that on just, like, a basic retail person. Like, they're not in sales. They're not trying to sell anything. No. They're just trying to check people out. I've had some really shitty managers at that job, too. So yeah. when I first transferred to the babies are, the first Babies R Us store I worked at, it was seriously like they had something, like they were out to get me. <laughs> <clears throat> One of the supervisors or assistant managers or somebody, I can't remember, was watching me do a transaction. And he was like you didn't ask this customer for their rewards card or offer them one. And I was like, first of all, yes, I did. <laughs> you didn't hear my conversation and yeah. you didn't see me scan it. Right. But let's go into this transaction system that they didn't know that I knew existed. <laughs> and you can pull up that transaction and see that a rewards card was applied to it. Right. And then after I had been there for a while and they saw my metrics numbers, they were, they eased up. Right. I was like, listen, get fucked <laughs> yeah it's it's just shitty this is like why treat people like that They're... that first store manager at that store the first store manager that i worked with at that store was <sighs> a bitch <laughs> yeah and i get it they have bosses above them that are pushing that stuff too but it's just like unrealistic the whole the whole system is just not a good system. I mean, the thing is, if you treat your employees like shit, they're going to feel like shit. Yeah. And therefore, they're going to perform like shit. Right. I mean, not only that, but they're also probably going to quit the first chance they have. Yeah, that's why places like Amazon, most retail companies, right. that's why they have such high turnover. Yeah, it's, it's insane. But it's like you can't do that job for a very long period because it's just really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's just crazy to me that most of our companies operate like that. Yeah, that was a that was a good TED Talk that I watched. And then the other one that I watched was from a lady named Lou Solomon. Mm-hmm. Kind of along the same lines. She was in radio or broadcasting. I don't know exactly what she did, but kind of similar situation. She like worked pretty hard for this company had kind of gotten to a position that she was comfortable at she felt like she was doing a good job and then they got bought out by a bigger company who pretty much just shat all over her and what she was doing and that's always my worst fear yeah 
That and like an exchange of power. Right. So she realized at that point for different reasons that she also had imposter syndrome and, you know, this situation that was 100% out of her control, you know, her, her company being bought out by a different company who mm-hmm. then had all these policy changes and structure changes, like really had nothing to do with her. Yeah. But suddenly she felt like she wasn't good enough and it just started erupting from there. And a lot of the points that she made was that basically you have to, I liked what she was saying because she was pretty much trying to get people to be in their own corner. So when you have those thoughts, you have to like pretty much visualize it as a completely separate person. And she had like names that she was using like Vader mm-hmm. because it was an evil, <laughs> evil person. Um, like, I can't remember what she said, like her name Vader or something. It was something like that. But she was like, yeah, you know, you've got to like put it as a completely separate entity. And then you can kind of, like, in your head, if you're not comfortable enough to, like, do it for yourself, you can kind of create another persona who's, like, there to defend you <laughs> and tell the other one to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So I liked her, t- her talk. It was pretty interesting. And it was more so, like, trying to deal with it on your own. Um, but some of the things I've read just over our other topics as well, but it's, like, if you're struggling with yeah, a lot of these mental illnesses or conditions... Something you can do is like look at your response, like your look at your situation and then try to look at it completely objectively. Like what would you say if your best friend was going through this exact situation? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be a lot more fair to your best friend than you are to yourself. So that's kind of like good advice that keeps coming back up as I do research on these different topics. It's like remove yourself as much as possible and then try to be objective about it. Am I saying that right? Objective, right? Because subjective... Yes. Okay, I thought so much. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, if that's the big issue, you you can't be objective about it. And that's part of why the problem exists. I know another big problem is, uh, oh, and boy, do I suffer from this, self-compassion. Oh, yeah. You just need to learn to be more compassionate to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Which is hard. I... I mean, trust me, I know it's hard because right. I'm not compassionate to myself at all, ever, right. at any time. And just uh, give yourself some grace. Yeah. I keep hearing people say that and I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> I know grace is sort of like a religious phrase, but yeah, giving yourself grace is actually very good advice. <laughs> yeah. But being more compassionate to yourself, giving yourself grace. And like you were saying, you're going to generally be more compassionate towards your friends or like a member of your family. So if you approach yourself the way you would approach them. It can help. Yeah. It can help put you in a better mindset and things like that. I'm getting better at it. Yeah. It's like any small step you're taking is getting closer. But generally speaking, I do um, beat the shit out of myself mentally. And I think a lot of people do that. No, absolutely. Especially if you suffer from imposter syndrome. Right. It's no surprise to me. I am my own worst enemy. Yeah. Every now and then I kick the living shit out of me. Wiser words have never been spoken. It's true. (laughs) No, it... Yeah, it's so easy to be hard on yourself, and I think we need to move away from that, just like all these other things that we've been saying. It's just like our our mental health as American society is real fucked up. Yeah. 
that's one major thing you can do just try to put put it more objectively try to give yourself advice as if you were looking at one of your friends I thought that was a pretty good little tidbit and outside of that you're just looking at like therapy like a lot of other things I've mentioned <laughs> trying to kind of figure out what trauma you need to overcome that eventually led to that emotional viewpoint of yourself kind of working with it a bit at a time and moving on from there I feel like every time you talk about therapy you're really trying to talk to me about it <laughs> not necessarily sometimes I just like to pretend like my problems don't exist okay I know but that's not a great approach <laughs> nobody ever said I was mentally stable Chad <laughs> Nobody ever said I was good at being an adult. I didn't even ask to be an adult. None of us asked to be here. I didn't ask to be born, quite frankly. Right. But here I am. Here we are. Making the best of it. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Depends on the day. We're giving it a go. (laughs) Yeah. We're just trying to get through this shit show. Yeah. That is life. So I... Go ahead. Just a small point, some of the research I was reading also mentioned that women are more likely to have imposter syndrome. That's actually what I was about to bring up. As well as minorities, so. Yeah. I did read that women, especially women of color, but then also people of color in general and then members of the LGBTQ plus community Mm -hmm. are more likely to have imposter syndrome. And from what I read, I think this was that same Psychology Today article. It's because they often don't see examples of people like them. Oh, yeah. Especially if they have, like, a more corporate job. Right. Or, um, you know, they're, like, high ranking at their company or something Mm -hmm. like that. They can really feel like they don't belong. Yeah. Just because they're not used to seeing people like them in these kinds of positions right which i think is a good point no that's a very good point and that's another reason why it's so awesome that biden won because uh, kamala harris we're kind of breaking that glass ceiling step by step you know first woman vice president first first female vice president first asian and uh, what was the other i want to say asian and black yeah i believe i think but it's like yeah it's a big deal for a lot of those reasons but you know theoretically she could be become president if anything happens to joe biden but also she could just run on her own after everything is over so it's like big deal for a lot of reasons but the more we're like one of the last countries yeah to have a woman that high ranking in their government. That high in the government, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the UK has had female prime ministers. Yep. Germany currently has a female prime minister. And New Zealand, I'm pretty sure we talked about her, right? Oh yeah, New Zealand's mm-hmm. prime minister, she is She's a badass. She's the goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, it just needs to be normalized. We shouldn't see that as something that's odd you know it's i just i can't speak for other countries obviously because i don't live there right but in the u.s we have such such a bad case of toxic masculinity oh, yeah i mean i've already seen shit online about people saying oh well she must have slept her way to the top 
that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And sh- just shit like that. Yeah. I'm like... You need to stop. <laughs> right. You can be a successful woman. It has nothing to do with your sex. Right. Your sexuality or your sexual relations, that's none. That's not involved. <laughs> we really need to get over it. Yeah. We're very, like patriarchal and shit like that and And we really just need to get over it it's time for that to stop obviously the men especially the old white men that are running our country aren't really doing the best fucking job (laughs) i mean we have out of the developed countries in the world one of the worst healthcare systems some of the lowest education it's uh, truly i could go on yeah but i feel like i need to stop (laughs) we'll touch on some of these topics we have some episodes we have been talking back and forth about a little bit but yeah the idea that a man has to be in power is just ridiculous it's it's an idea from the middle ages that yeah has no place in our society i mean the fact that it took until 2008 for us to have a black president a black president that's also pretty ridiculous yeah and it is now 2020, and we are just now having a First, woman yeah. in the White House. Right. I uh, stand by this. This is our second highest person in power. It's a big reason why Hillary didn't win. There were just that many people who did not want a woman to be president. Well, they also, there was lower voter turnout. Yeah. Probably because uh, a lot of people were like, fuck both of these people, which I completely understand. That Yeah, that did happen too, but... I think one of the big reasons why we had such big voter turnout in this election is because people were like, not him. Anybody but him. Anybody but him. Which should have been the case last time too, but I do think there were people out here who would never vote for her because she was a woman. Oh, 100% there are people who didn't want to vote for her because she was a woman. Yeah. No. But I mean... Honestly, Democrats, Hillary fucking Clinton. Do better. <laughs> right. <laughs> there were better people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a different I mean, she did well. still win the popular vote. She this did. Is... We're also the only country with electoral college. We really need to get rid of that shit because... It's a bullshit system. It is a bullshit system. I know that there are uh, some senators... I think it's senators that are trying to, at the very least, make it to where the their electoral college votes go go towards the popular vote. So, like, in 2016, mm-hmm. Hillary had the popular vote. Right. So even though she didn't win that state, oh, those their votes still would have went towards Hillary. Oh, okay. See, that would make more sense. It would be closer towards a system that makes sense. I mean, we should just, we just go by the popular vote. We just need to get Literally, it, yeah. the president is the only person who is not elected by popular vote. Right. Senators, the House, yep. mayors, governors, Gov- they are all yeah. elected by the popular vote. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Do you know why they won't get rid of the Electoral College? Because it's the only way Republicans can win. (laughs) Exactly. In seven of the last eight elections, the Democrats have gotten the popular vote. Yep, that sounds about right. Things that make you go, hmm. (laughs) I won't speak for Sam, but I'm not a Democrat. I'm sure as hell not a Republican. I mean, I'm not. 
I think when I registered in Indiana, I did register as a Democrat, but yeah. previously before that, I had been registered as independent. Right. But there's definitely, I, I don't agree with our government system just in general. In general, yeah. Um, They're doing a pretty piss poor job. But generally speaking, I agree more with the Democrats than I do the Republicans. Yeah. Mostly because the Democrats, generally speaking, are not trying to control what I do with my uterus. <laughs> yeah. I align with a lot more of their ideas compared to Republicans. But I'm not 100% on the side of the Democrats but either. Both yeah, both parties have pretty big issues. That's putting it lightly. It is. I mean, as I've discussed before, I took a political compass test. <laughs> I am very, very far on the left. Yeah. About as far away from Hitler as you can be on the political <laughs> compass test. He was one of their examples that they had. Yeah. And very, should've, very far away from Hitler. Shouldn't everybody be as far away from Hitler as they can manage? Um, I mean, think, I would fucking you? hope. Yeah. Anyways. Imposter <laughs> uh, syndrome. Was there any other major points or interesting research that you found on it? One thing that came up in that TED Ed video that I watched, which was done by Elizabeth Cox, by the way, I don't think I mentioned that, okay. was that many people who suffer from imposter syndrome feel like they are alone. Right. Like they feel like they are the only ones who feel like they are, have these feelings of being fraudulent. Right. Basically. Um, and also she said that it's not not usually associated with another mental illness. I think it is more than likely more common in people who have anxiety or something, but it's not necessarily tied into... Yeah, most of the stuff I was saying was that it's pretty related to anxiety. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I can definitely see how it yeah. relates to anxiety... Especially as someone who both suffers from anxiety and is a fucking imposter. Yeah. But apparently there's not always necessarily a correlation. And also just anybody can suffer from imposter syndrome. Like we said, it is more common in women and minority groups, but... Yeah, at first they didn't even think it was applicable to men, but they found out it was later on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from what I saw at first they thought it was just women mm -hmm. but then they learned that it was women and other minority groups and then also that men can be affected right that's a good point when no matter what shit you're going through you're definitely not alone other people have felt the same way mm -hmm. we're now however many thousands of years into human society there's a pretty good chance somebody has gone through what you're going through yeah you can find somebody to relate to somebody to kind of walk you through that it's just like anything else. People just don't talk about it. Right. So. Talk about it. Find support. Yep. Don't look at me like that, Chad. <laughs> I'm not looking at you like anything. <laughs> Listen, kids. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay? <laughs> I also, too, wonder. I didn't find anything like this in my research, but. I wonder if it has affected certain generations more than others. Yeah, that was something I wondered about, too, because I do feel like... I feel like millennials... us millennials really, really feel like we're frauds. Right. No, I agree. 
And I think it's because we've moved a lot away from like trade school and things like that. Mm-hmm. We're more just like the, what kind of job can you do? And we're just like, uh, I don't know, pretty much whatever. Well, I also feel like speaking at, in my experience, and I know a lot of people also feel this way. When we're in, I mean, I feel like this started in elementary school. You're told you got to graduate from school. You got to go to college because that's the only way you're going to have a good life. It's the only way to be successful. Yeah. Which is not true. No. And we really need to denormalize that kind of thinking. Yeah. First of all, not everybody can afford school. Right. Fucking education in the U.S. is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. And it's also not equal, which is why we have so many of the problems we have. Mm -hmm. Even in our public school systems, it's not equal. Right. Like, I went to a township school. My education was completely different than somebody who went to a city school. Right. Yeah, it's very inconsistent. Yeah. And then, you know, we have this whole Ivy League school system in our colleges which basically if you're a rich white dude you can go everybody else has to like scratch and claw for the opportunity which is apparently if you get into one of those you're gonna be way better off it's just like that oh yeah ivy league that's like shouldn't be the case no but that's yeah, that was something I wondered about because we... And then if you go to community college, you're just a fucking idiot. Uh, you don't even count. <laughs> yeah. Might as well not go to college. Yeah. That's something I wondered about, just the fact that we've moved pretty far away from those jobs. There are obviously still some of us that do them, but a lot less of us are, you know, plumbers, architect, not architects, um, carpenters, mm-hmm. electricians, all that type of stuff that used to be a very common trade. Even things like coal miners and you know railway workers there's a lot of these jobs that are kind of just like non-existent the way they used to be or they're kind of just like old jobs like people in our generation are not going those directions nearly as often so it's like if you if you go into that trade you know what you're doing you've gone to a trade school you've done an apprenticeship Mm -hmm. we are just kind of like what what do you do for work i don't fucking know whatever i can find (laughs) Yeah. I'll learn whatever job I get. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that maybe plays into it. Maybe. I feel like we just put too much value on certain careers. Like, obviously, the person working in the grocery store is just as important. Right. Like, who's going to stock your groceries for you so you can go into the store? We need those people. Yeah. (laughs) We need that job. And I can't tell you how many times working retail as a cashier where I had people who tried to treat me like I was a fucking moron. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, listen, bitch, (laughs) just because I'm behind this cash register doesn't mean I'm an idiot. Right. Like, I'm in school. Right. Obviously, I didn't graduate from school. But, I mean, I had a dude who had, like, a master's in English. Who was working retail because his degree was fucking useless. Yeah. It sucks. Getting a degree doesn't mean anything. Not really, no. Half of the people who get a degree can't even work in their field. Right. So we really need to quit beating that into people. Yeah, college isn't always the answer. It's really not. And you know what's going to happen when you graduate from college? 
You're not going to be able to find a job in your field and you're going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Because you don't have any experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's a whole weird situation. I don't know the answer to it, but surely somebody could figure it out <laughs> if we had a government who cared. <laughs> I mean, there's some places like... Uh... I mean, there's some places who offer free college to their citizens, and... That's a good step. Raising minimum wage is another step. Right. It's like there's things we can do to make it more livable, no matter what job you have. Well, some of these places where they have free college, a lot of times people just don't even take advantage of it. That's Kind of crazy to me. I don't know. Because not as much value is put onto it. Yeah. So they'll opt to go to a trade school or to have some other career. Right. Go into like... uh, Most of these places actually fund their art programs. So they like go into art. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) What a crazy thing. (laughs) Funding an art program. (laughs) I mean, what has art ever done for anybody? (laughs) Who enjoys listening to music or watching movies? I don't know. I mean, that's just crazy. (laughs) But they don't... Basically, my point was, since they don't put as much value into it, it's kind of a thing that gets taken for granted. You know, Uh like us in the US, we look at that and we'd be like, oh, well, wouldn't it be nice to, you know, be able to go to college for free and get a degree in a field that I want to work in. But instead, I can't afford to go to school. I have to pay bills, so I have to work full-time while also trying to go to school full-time. Because right. if I don't go to school full-time... It's going to take you like 12 years to get a degree. <laughs> not only is it going to take me longer to get my degree, but half of the time, if you're not a full-time student, you lose what little government funding you can get. Yep, that's true. So, it's a vicious fucking cycle. Yeah. I mean, basically, the way our society is structured is to... I promise i'm gonna wrap this up this is a big rant that i didn't mean to get into the way our society is structured it's basically to keep you in your place yep it's very hard to break out of that middle middle lower middle class we don't even really have a middle class anymore not so much but they yeah if you don't have money to start out with you ain't gonna get no money yeah you're not gonna get money you're pretty much in trouble yeah yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> Guess that's it for imposters and Show. That's it. <laughs> so to wrap up our episode, as we usually do, um, we have a witch tip, which could just be... I mean, it's just whatever the fuck we want, honestly. <laughs> Pretty much. It's usually like a shout out or a recommendation. Sometimes it is a uh, like a, a tip. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> Squirrels. Chad squirrels. I saw her mind just go somewhere else for a moment. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I have a book recommendation. It's a book that I read earlier this year because I was really struggling to think of something to recommend. And I didn't have any tips for you guys because other than, like, don't leave your house and wear a fucking mask. <laughs> but um, the book that I am recommending is called The Magdalene Girls. It is set in 1960s Dublin. Ooh. It's largely set in a convent. I remember when you read this. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, it's largely set in a convent for where they basically mostly have like wayward girls, um, girls that are sent there because they're like pregnant out of wedlock or mm. for various other reasons. One of the girls gets sent there because basically her one of her parents <laughs> thinks she's a whore. So they send her to a convent. And then there's just like a bunch of really sketchy shit that happens at Did this convent. That, is that related to the show on Netflix called Dairy Girls? I've never seen Dairy okay. Girls, so I really couldn't tell you. Because it sounds like almost the same premise. I wonder if it's like related at all. I don't know. Or if it's like a direct adapt- adaptation. I don't know. Sorry to interrupt. I just thought of that. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it, though. I've never seen it. Isn't that like Northern Ireland? Maybe. I, I don't. I can't remember, actually, but... Anyways, sorry. Anyway, um, so these girls get sent to this convent for various other reasons, and sketchy shit happens. Um, this is a fiction book, but it is kind of shit that actually did happen. Yeah. So, like, some of the girls that go there are pregnant, and then they give birth to their babies, and the nuns just, like, take them and put them up for adoption. They never nice. get to see them again. They have to work in, like, kind of shitty conditions they work mm-hmm. in this really hot like laundry room they have like severe punishments inflicted on them if they do anything wrong and some of the characters like break out mm. and then they have like other just bad things happen to them it's a really interesting story if my brain wasn't so scrambled today i could like <laughs> explain it better but honestly this is just is where we are today no it sounds interesting yeah it is interesting yeah. i recommend it Nice. Okay. Okie dokie. So, yeah. Um, once again, thanks for sticking with us, guys. Yep. If you've been listening from the beginning or if you are a new listener and you, you know, you like, maybe you like what you hear. I don't know. Let's hope. Yeah. We're at over 10 episodes now, which is cool. I know. This is our kind of technically 12th episode, but right. like our 11th episode. Yeah. Counting the special episode, yeah. Yeah. The spoopy special. Yep. Chad's little special project. <laughs> <laughs> when did so we started in September, right? Late it, August or Oh September? yeah, it was like the very end of August. Okay. That's kinda crazy. I know, hey. We've been doing it for a few months now. I know. <laughs> But yeah, thanks for um, all of your support. Those of you who have supported us from the beginning. Yes, much appreciated. Spread the word. Yeah, if you have friends who you think would find our podcast interesting, definitely tell them. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Long pause. Tell them. <laughs> you know, maybe um, share our stuff on social media. Yeah, feel free to share. All of our stuff should be public. You should be able to share it. I don't see why any of it would be private. I don't think it is, but I couldn't say for sure, but I never said it to be so. Yeah. (laughs) It should be public. Share it. Spread the word. We would love to get more listeners out there and just kind of spread our platform a little bit. Mm -hmm. Come hang out with us on social media. All of our social medias will be in the description. I might still put our handles in there, but also I will put the link to our link tree in there, which will pull up all of the links to our social media. Cool. And also 
links to various sites in which you can stream us on. Yep. Um, Also, if you are listening to us on a streaming site that does ratings and reviews, please do leave us a rating and or review. Yeah, that's super exciting for us to see as creators. Yeah. And it also helps other people. If we get more ratings and reviews, we'll be more visible. We'll be more visible and it'll make it more likely for new people to check us out. Yeah, definitely would help us grow our platform. Because if we can grow our platform... We can keep doing episodes for you guys. Maybe even have, like, guests on. We would like to have guests. It's a, it's a whole endeavor to figure that out. But we're, we'll are we probably have some guests at some point. We got some stuff a-brewing. Yeah. <laughs> few things a-brewing. But stay tuned. I think we're still keeping it a secret. But next episode should be pretty fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> And, yep, enjoy your week, whatever day you end up listening to this on. And hope you come back for more. Yep, thanks for listening, guys. Later. Bye.